The year is the future. When the world is in danger of dwindling food resources, Renaissance man Q. Heelman develops a new technology that allows man to feast on its endless supply of entertainment. Consequently, film and television is produced at a startling rate. A sickness, franchise fatigue, plagues man and turns the infected into time wasters. Renaissance man Q. Heelman looks for a remedy, but gives up hope until two film scavengers, Brett Hodgson and Chris Nelson, stumble into his medical facility. He vows to cure them by imbuing them with the power of film. How's it hanging, Q, dude? Brett, we're not watching any more Bill and Ted movies. What? No way. That's odious. Why not? Two reasons. One, look at what it's doing to you. It's taking you over. You're not a man. You're a collection of cliches. And in this collection of cliches, how could you ever come up with an original thought? You can't. So you know what that means. You're just thinking what someone else wants you to think. Also, they only made two. So. Bogus. I mean, bogus. Uh, so, Q, what are we watching this week? Perhaps we shall watch something that causes one to think about the dark side of the entertainment industry. Like steel wool. Meant to scrub away the crusty and nasty bits in the brownie pan after you've had your oh-so-sweet brownies. You're watching the dark backward. Find a seat in the theater. This week's movie that we're talking about is The Dark Backward, which you you have seen before and I have not seen. No, you have seen. Which is a, a power film first. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, this movie made me, for, for the most thoughts. part, made me want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, even though I don't want to jump the gun, but I feel like I know what you're going <laughs> to... At the end, you're going to prescribe it or euthanize it. No, but you know what's funny is that, like, in the last, like, 30 seconds, I was, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it redeemed itself a little bit in your eyes. Just in the last, like, 30 seconds. Well, really I, under the gun. Really, really Indiana Jones grabbing his hat as the door's closing. <laughs> well, thing. Um, it's funny you felt so bad throughout the whole thing. Like, I don't think it's necessarily an easy movie to watch. Like mm-hmm. there are parts that kind of drag, but I just love some of like the little moments in it and like the world and like how weird it is. I do like some of the moments, but like I don't really love watching comedies like I used to. But the way that I sort of feel about comedies, uh, like this movie is isn't. I don't feel like this movie is really trying to be funny so much as it's trying to be weird. Definitely and weird. I feel like it's trying really hard, mm-hmm. which I didn't really like. Mm. It um, is. Yeah. That's, I would agree it is, um, because the guy that made it was, that's what he was trying to do, he was trying to make like a cult-like weird movie. Because he was like, I, I'm, like, I don't have a, a lot of money, so I'm, let me try to... I think he did it from a place where he like loved those kind of, like kind of weird movies. I don't mm-hmm. think it was like all like oh let me just. Um, but he was like oh like that's I can I would be able to do that. So he made something really weird. Mm-hmm. I think from his perspective, he made it really honest from for himself. Mm-hmm. Movie. 
but it doesn't always work. But I, I kind of embrace that like weird. Even though you say it's trying too hard, I just still embrace like the environment, like the the world, like just how weird it is. Um, but it can, it can be a hard watch going through. Mm-hmm. There's some like slow moments, or, like some scenes where you're like, okay, let's keep going. Also, Judd Nelson was the protagonist, mm-hmm. and I've heard not so great things about Judd Nelson, so that makes me really hard to be sympathetic towards him when he's playing mm. a character that's, I, I feel like his character, Martin Malt, Martin Malt. is meant to be very sympathetic, very sympathetic weak. and weak. And I also hate the uh, trope of like the pained artist or the pained writer, because mm. you know that that is whoever's writing it, it's like their vision of their, uh, their vision of, of themselves. That's so like, oh, aren't I so poor and everything doesn't go my way, but I never mean to hurt anybody or anything ever, and (laughs) I do my best, and fuck you. That's the one time that voice has uh, made sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) He does that voice a lot, but I usually hate it, but (laughs) that makes sense for the song. The day you love it. The day I love it. Um, No, but yeah, I mean, any portrait of like the artist and it's all like um feeling sorry for themselves is like eh. yeah like okay well, we'll just you know, fuck off. Like, and I, I feel like a lot of this movie is like just the the artist feeling sorry for himself and i would probably the see- world is scummy and a dangerous place and uh i guess wait, I let thought, me just leave this mortal coil i saw but i didn't see them taking that bit seriously i saw it was more seridical like it was just like oh seridical i mean um Sets. I'm not gonna be able to, you know, satire. It's just satire of it. Okay. Um. So I didn't see it as like that honest of betrayal of like the the tortured artist. It was more like, oh yeah, it's like this this shitty person who thinks he can be good, but he's just he's honestly he's terrible at it. Like it's so funny. Like some of the jokes are so funny how terrible they are. He does. Uh. He does remind me of this comedian named uh, Neil Hamburger. Mm-hmm. Who just sort of like coughs his way through his act? I, it's it's very similar actually mm-hmm. to the point that maybe Do there's some copyright infringement going on. <laughs> uh, we should probably get into the movie. Um, but uh, one more thing I wanted to say about because you're saying about Judd Nelson is that the movie like I made because of him. Oh really? Because no one wanted to finance this movie because it was so bad. But when he signed on. Then he was a big enough star because like the Breakfast Club and stuff that they got funding for it. Hmm. And when he did, and and the guy who um, wrote directed it was kind of like, eh, I don't know if you'd be right for the part because he like did more like macho roles, right? But he went around L.A. dressed up and did like the act at comedy clubs, like <laughs> to prove that he could do it. That's interesting. That's pretty funny. That's interesting. But you hate him, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't heard good things about him. I haven't met him personally. Separate the art from the artist. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So this movie opens up with uh, uh, we see Marty uh, doing a stand-up act. Beginning and end, I would say actually are my two probably favorite scenes of the movie. This beginning scene and the last one. Why? I just really like I just like the contrast and how they're done. They just opening up the movie with his terrible act, mm-hmm. and like I love just the background characters of like while he's doing his terrible jokes and he's like sweating profusely. In this like dungy um, comedy bar, like just like all the people there, are just like kind of like they're not even like doing something. They're not like oh he sucks. And they're doing, they're just like in their own like internal like <laughs> life's terrible. 
they just have like no soul left in their eyes and they're just like <laughs> like there's flies on them and they're just like holding on to a drink like i love those background characters they make me laugh so much i've been in pizza huts like that exactly it's just so dead like there's like no one you can't even see anyone there laughing about anything <laughs> let alone this guy who sucks at jokes they're just like life's terrible like we're just here life's pointless <laughs> it's meaningless <clears throat> but yeah i love that scene so he goes through his routine nobody laughs mm-hmm. um and then he leaves the the club with his best friend gus yeah and gus gus is basically a leech we find out pretty quickly mm-hmm. he just wants marty to succeed so he can ride his coattails mm-hmm. um but he's but we find huge loud mouth yeah, we always talking and yelling and playing his accordion yeah um played by we, bill paxton played by pill paxton a power of film favorite <laughs> <laughs> how many movies has he been in uh we've seen like i feel like at least three uh weird science and this one and i think that's it oh it feels i feel like we talked about bill paxton a lot more it's just because he's so great you know this is actually the first movie that we watched i i'm pretty sure that didn't have the uh the visual effects with electricity and everything that's really so a power of film first wow what the whoa wow this this film's breaking all kinds of ground (laughs) so we find out that marty uh is uh just got ten dollars a week to start or no, ten dollars, ten dollars a night, twenty dollars a week, uh, to play <laughs> at this club called Sids, um, and he tells his girlfriend about it, and yay, and uh, then we see his life as garbage man, uh, and he's a garbage man with Gus, and Gus noticed that there's like a weird thing on his back. Um, it's like you got a little bump on your back. Yeah. Uh. And then uh, Gus runs into a talent agent mm-hmm. that he gets to like come see Marty, and uh, they like set up a date for this to happen on a Tuesday. And you know what's funny is that a lot of things, for some reason, in this movie, like there's a bunch of stuff that always happens on Tuesday. They always <laughs> they always point out like and it's going to be on, on Tuesday. Tuesday like okay I think it's because like there are no other movies where that happens Nothing happens on Tuesday. It's Tuesdays. always like a Friday night or Monday. a Saturday or you know or Yeah, Monday so start of the week for, and it's like happy week but it's like Monday morning better come. And then and this, this movie is just like Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday night. Uh <clears throat> but then uh, Gus notices the thing on marty's back is like starting to grow and he tells him to go see a doctor before the big show on tuesday get it taken care of uh the doctor is james Kahn, which is really weird and he tells him to <laughs> he not did, he did a... the role for plane tickets to florida oh really <laughs> yeah, that's all they paid him nice he the director like just harassed him and kept like bothering him and he was like <laughs> all right Okay, I'll do it. I'm going to Florida, buy me the tickets, and I'll do this this guest starring role. That's nice. He's, I mean, he's in a decent amount of the movie for just tickets to Florida. Yeah. Um, I love his character in this. I do, because he basically just tells uh, Marty that he's being a wuss. <laughs> he's like, and all he... you pansies coming in. This, this is about life and death. <laughs> you coming in with your little boo-boos. You're like, ooh, like, it's fine. <laughs> I know medicine. 
I know about this. But he decides not to, Marty decides not to have it cut off because it would cost too much. Uh, so the doctor just puts a Band-Aid on it, and then Marty uh, doesn't have the money to pay for just the visit, which is $250. So I think it's implied that he has to have sex with the nurse. So then we go to... No, there's there's a few scenes like that where they don't address what just happened again. Mm -hmm. Like, they basically, like, before that, she's, like, this nurse is, like, flirting with him hard and, like, trying to, like... Like, there's that funny scene where he was just trying to walk past her and, like, she's trying to, like, kiss him. He's just, like... They're just, like, pushing through, like, a doorway. Um, See, but, like, okay, this is where, like, uh, the sad writer trope is, like, okay... Gus is a dick because, like, later in the movie we uh, see him have sex with uh, Marty's ex-girlfriend. But Marty engaged in sexual uh, relations with somebody while he was still seeing that girl. But we just cut away from that because to, we, don't, we don't want to feel bad about ourselves, Mr. Writer Man. He had to pay. He had to pay for the visit. Uh huh. Money. Yeah. Whatever. How's he gonna pay the visit? Two hundred fifty dollars on twenty dollars a week. Ten dollars a night. Twenty dollars a week. But um, writers are full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it cuts before like she's just like there are other ways of paying, and then it cuts. But also, I think before that, a, a similar scene which I think you didn't like at all, but I thought was really interesting was where um Gus. They never come back to this at all in the movie. They're um Gus and um and Marty. Are dumping the garbage from the truck into the dump, like the garbage dump, and Gus. Finds, all of a sudden, he, oh! he, finds, he finds some food. In, he finds some food in the garbage dump and starts eating because he's always eating disgusting things. Uh huh. And he sees a dead hand. Uh huh. And we're like, what? You think like, oh, is this movie about to turn to a murder mystery or something? He lifts open this tarp. There's a dead woman's body there, and he's like, whoa. And then he goes down and starts, like, kissing it and, like, in a weird necrophilic rape way. Yeah, as um, opposed to the other way. <laughs> as opposed to the, I will kiss you, you have come from this world, like, goodbye, in, like, in respect. <laughs> like, in a, like, kiss the forehead, like, That old trope. The old, tr- the, oh, everyone knows that trick. Kissing the dead body. Um, <laughs> anyway, um... But it's, it's a really, like, I think, it, I mean, it's very intentionally just, like, disturbing what he's and doing. And disgusting. And, hey, tit meter, we do see uh, the dead body's tits. Because uh, he suckles on those nipples. Uh, um, <laughs> but then Marty calls for him. He's like, Gus, get over here. And he just, like, he's like, uh, uh, uh And he just puts the tarp back over it like he's saving it for later. <laughs> but we never, we never go back to that. I think, I mean, you're just seeing, like, what kind of person Gus is, which is, like, very disgusting and vile and... Yeah. Um, so he, he leaves. That's just, all, all, that's all just Gus cares about is the flesh is what this movie's trying to say. <coughs> yeah. He, what he, he he's get. gluttony. He'll just eat whatever the fuck he can get. He'll yeah. fuck whatever he can do. Yeah. He wants all that greed. Yeah. He's, he's a piece of shit. And he's annoying and obnoxious. <laughs> like he, it's like, he's like, he plays an accordion, like one of the worst instruments, the most annoying instruments in the world that really represents his personality. Um, but back to um so we get to the point where um marty's doing the show where the um talent agent jimmy chrome is gonna see him perform you watch him tell two jokes gus is next to him laughing hysterically um and jimmy chrome just leaves it's like you guys suck you're terrible drop dead suck an egg suck an egg <laughs> that was a line <laughs> suck an egg probably 
Should have um, been. So, Marty's to start. Marty's distraught over it, um, but the bump on his on his back um, grows more. Grows more. A little baby hands coming out of it. Yeah, and then and Marty like realizes this and he starts freaking out and then Gus is like, "Nah, it's cool. Or, <laughs> you're you're a weirdie. You're a weirdie. Yeah." You dumb weirdy. And then uh, Gus brings over a bunch of uh, large ladies to yeah. check it out. Yeah, like I didn't really like that because it felt like you were just exploiting them. It, it felt like they were exploiting them a little. bit. It didn't feel like it. They were exploiting them. I guess <laughs> they were. There was. It felt nice. Gus. Gus has a has a fetish. I assume for um, obese. Ladies, because throughout the whole movie, he's having sex with, like, all these obese women. Mm -hmm. But it does kind of feel like you're exploiting them. But it's, on one hand, it's kind of interesting, because I don't, like, see that many morbidly obese women or people in movies. Unless it's, like... Yeah, but then the, but then the role that they give them here is just, like... No, I, I agree. I'm just saying it was interesting to, to see him. Yeah, I guess it was interesting in a... In an exploitive way. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just felt like the movie was saying, like, look how weird this is because they're so big. Bag, yeah. Well, it is kind of weird. I'm not oh, saying, like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, oh, you're not people. I'm just saying it is kind of weird. It's only weird because we never see, like, fat people. That's what I'm saying. How on screen. On one way, it's kind of nice seeing them, but it wasn't done in the right way. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Marty shows off his hand, but it, it turns out now it's a whole arm. Yeah, it just grows and grows. His girlfriend breaks up with him because it's disgusting. So Marty's at a real low point. But mm -hmm. then Gus, you know, and then and then the comedy, the comedy, the comedy club kicks him out. He's like, I don't want no three arms. Oh yeah, this I don't. Is a comedy club. Yeah, you're a weirdie. You're a weirdie. This movie loves you're a weirdie. that word. Uh, I was looking to fire you for a while. You joke stink. Yeah, and then and then they hire a comedian that tells like the exact same joke, but now it's really funny to everybody. Yeah. He's also got like a, more charisma. Yeah, <laughs> just keep more of those original jokes coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then Gus takes uh, Marty to the talent agent again and shows off his weird hand or arm. Now it's an arm, mm -hmm. and uh, the talent agent is like, Loves "Whoa, him. baby, this could work!" And he Ooh. books him a whole bunch of gigs. And okay, so now now the act goes from it was just Marty, and but now Gus is also in the act, and he plays accordion. It's Desi, but three arm wonder comic. Desi, that's with yeah, musical he's, accompaniment. Gus. Yeah, they they decide on this name for whatever reason. Um. <laughs> It's all about the name, even more so than talent. What I, I do, there is one thing that I really love about this, which is it's the same act, the same exact act, but <laughs> he's got. But <laughs> after he tells the joke, Gus starts playing accordion, and <laughs> and Marty says, Desi. Marty just does a twirl and lifts up his back arm. So he's little, he's a little fidget spinner. He's just like, Ooh. yeah, and he it's just spins, spins around, spins around. Then he tells another joke, and then he and tells repeat. another joke. <laughs> Which, to be to be fair, every time that happened, I saw Brett like just chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what you love the most about the movie because every time that was like, the best thing, funny, thing about this but it movie. It happened several times, and every time it happened, you're like. <laughs> <laughs> It is a funny visual cue, but you loved it. Because <laughs> it's so stupid. 
<laughs> this so, is. I mean, there's not really a lot to do with having a third arm. Just but I love it. how it goes from he's just worth nothing to now that he's got this third arm, he's worth something. They but it doesn't out. add anything there's to do- what he's doing. Hey, dozen two-arm uh, comics, they're a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And Gus slowly tries to make himself like a bigger part of the act. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and then, uh, something I noticed is that it seems like Gus is getting dirtier and dirtier as the movie goes along. (laughs) It's like he never showers. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, so... Also, like, around this point in the movie, we start to see that Marty is very... still longing for Rosarita, his ex-girlfriend... Mm-hmm. But honestly, like that whole thing is not really super well developed. Like we no. there we don't feel any reason for like why he would care about not being with Rosarita. I anymore. do because he's a creepy weirdy, and she's like a pretty lady. Mm-hmm. And somehow I'm assuming they had sex before, and then she broke up with him because of the third arm. So he's like, oh, I wish I had my ex girlfriend Rosarita back. But what the yeah, one... but the movie doesn't make like a commentary on it. Like either oh, no, way, like no. it doesn't say like it's just character. Isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't like imply like oh, it's so sad that these two people can't get together. But it's also not saying like you know Marty is full of shit for wanting this woman that he's just idealizing. It doesn't go either yeah. way. It's just sort of like a thing that I exists just, in the movie. I think it's just another thing that um, to tear Marty down his character. Because, like, oh, it broke up now that he's even more down. This just, it's its another, like... It doesn't have much importance in the movie. It goes back to the whole, like, the sad writer trope. Because, like, mm-hmm. whoever wrote this was like, I'm so sad, my name's so hard. Love. And he, and, he, and, he, and they, they rip into, like, everybody else in this movie. And they, like, tear them down. And they, like, point out, like, how much of a piece of shit they are. But everything that's wrong with Marty is, isn't he so sad? Isn't his life so hard? Poor Marty. Fuck this guy. No, they. I don't, oh, I don't think they aggressively talk about how bad he is, but like, I think you can tell how shitty he is. He's just like a. He's a weirdy. He's a dork. He's a dweeb. Like he's like you want to smack him. Like you want to smack him. Like what the fuck's wrong? <laughs> Stop. You're such a fucking weirdy. You know. Mm-hmm. Nah, I I feel like this movie is trying to make you feel some sympathy for him. Like. Yeah, like... I think on the surface sympathy, but not, like, any actual sympathy. Mm. Like, he's supposed to be a pitiful character, yeah. But, I mean, out of but all... Like, you're not supposed out to be of all the real. characters in the movie... Well, he's, he's he is by he, far... to relate to him the most, I guess. Uh-huh. But I don't think it's, like, coming from, like, that very, like, honest, like... Like, what you, when you say torture artists, like, I think it's, again, more satire. It's not, like... But then at the end, he has a triumphant moment. Yeah. It's I but because he's the protagonist, I I I just feel like I don't he know. has a triumphant moment, but really it's not it, his triumphant moment. Spoiler is that he gets a few laughs, like for the first time in the movie, like genuine laughs. Like that's okay. That's that's makes sense for the character. It's not like he's like he becomes successful and gets the girl and everything. It's I just, just like, I just feel like the dude who wrote this movie was like. I'm gonna hold up a mirror to the world, but it didn't hold up a mirror to their own self. I don't think so. I, don't I think know. you're taking it too seriously. I, I uh, yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think that like the dude who wrote this was like, uh, 
t- like super taking things seriously when he was writing it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, he has a viewpoint of like, or, or he wanted this movie to be just sort of like this weird, disgusting thing. Definitely. But he mostly like keeps it away from Marty. I mean, outside of the thing that's growing out of his back. Like, Marty has, like, uh, this weird thing growing out of him, Mm -hmm. but the core of the character isn't, uh, doesn't have, like, malice or anything like that. But all these other characters that are around him have, like, malice, and they have, like, uh, ambition that is destructive of the people around them and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. I don't know. I just think this Raider's kind of full of shit. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So, uh, where were we? Um, oh, so uh, they find so they get on a TV show, and then uh, Rob Lowe's character is like basically a talent scout for the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. uh, the Dark Backward Universe <laughs> version of the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. and uh, invites them to come on the show. Um. And then, like, they're all booked and ready to do it. And uh, they almost don't let Gus on the show, though. But then Marty's like, I can't do it without Gus. I gotta do it with Gus. Mm -hmm. And so then they're like, all right, we'll let Gus on the show, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, Marty then finally sort of embraces the idea that, okay, I'll be a Hollywood star. I'll do this. Let's go. He gets confidence. He packs his bags. He's feeling good about himself. And then he wakes up the next morning and the arm's gone. Dun, dun, dun! And funny enough is that during the doctor scenes, he's like, it'll go away on its own. Just don't don't pick at it. And he's like, 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 I've never heard about an arm out of your bag for Of course you've never heard of it. That's why you're not a doctor. I'm the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, it'll go away on your own. Just don't bother it. And then, and then as we find away. out, it goes, it goes away. away. <laughs> you think it, the doctor he, seems like a quack, so you would just assume <laughs> he, he's just like he's like ah, I don't have time for this stuff. But he was actually what he was talking about. <laughs> this Turns movie out. is on the side of doctors <laughs> and on the side of experts. And he, was still, he was still a dick, but it was like he was right. He's like, it'll just go away on its own, I, or I could cut it off. Uh, no, don't cut it. Don't cut it off. And then like Gus freaks it. out, and he's like. How could you do this? How you do this? Like, I didn't do this on purpose. And he's well, like, so I did it. <laughs> it's not my fault. Gus. So it's my fault. <laughs> Gus is just a piece of shit. He's like, he comes and he and, he, and you mentioned like how he sleep. He he goes early in the movie. He goes to like talk to Rosarita to try to like, well, under Marty's assumption to go talk to her on his behalf, but he just fucks her. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Um. But then after Gus starts beating up on Marty for a minute. Is gonna hit him with a baseball bat. Certainly, mm-hmm. probably, presumably, kill him. But then he's like, "Wait a minute, I got an idea!" And they make a fake arm with the baseball bat. They go to meet with their agent to make the call to figure out the details about the Tonight Show. This is my third favorite scene um, with the agent, who I love. The agent's character; he's so good. Um, which is played by Wayne Newton, which I always thought that Wayne Newton was like super straight laced and like. Yeah. And then he's playing this character in this movie, and it's just like, how did they get him? Why is he in this? Enough, how how is he that? They wanted him just to do like a quick cameo, but mm-hmm. he um, wanted to do more, so they he became like the third 
Starnix. He's like he apparently he was he he liked the character. He was like I know a bunch of people that were like this in my time, and I want to be like this character. Hmm. This like scummy agent guy. And my favorite. He's joke, only like partially scummy though. Yeah, he's like, not super. He's entirely... just like, he's not super scummy. He's just like a he's just an agent. He's like yeah. oh your shit. Oh, but he's wow, he's you... totally worthless though. Yeah, of course. also. But my favorite running get my favorite two jokes in the movie are when um when they first introduce the third arm, um and he's like oh, everybody knows the fake arm out of the back trick, <laughs> and he's like wait a minute it's real it's real and then that's when he agrees to sign him, and then um later on when they go in the office and he finds out that he doesn't have an arm he's like they're like like well we could just put the bat back in and we can like uh we can do like a fake arm. He's like no everybody knows the fake arm in the back routine oh it's not gonna work can't do that they'll know. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the movie. Um, but yeah, they go into his office. They're acting really super sketchy. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Gus has just shoved a bat with a glove on the end of it into the into Marty's back. Where like he has a sleeve on his on his jacket that like you know where his arm would go. But they're acting very sketchy. Um, Jimmy Chrome is like, "Ooh, I'm a little nervous before making this call." Hey, can you give me one. <laughs> give me one spin. Brent's favorite spin. Can you give me one spin? For old time's sake. They're like, oh, no, they're making excuses. It's a it's a great scene, honestly. I love it. And um, Marty keeps having to do it really fast because he doesn't want him to notice. And then the bat flies out and uh, hits some out. of Jimmy's stuff. And then Jimmy's like, oh, no, I'm ruined. I'm ruined. And then Marty's like, I, I feel we should just be honest. We Honesty is the best policy. Honest with the talent people at The Tonight Show. So they call him, and he tells them what happened, and then the talent agent is just like, they uh, they said, Rob Lowe's character said he's a man of his word, mm-hmm. and they're still going to go through with the booking, but there's plenty of two-handed comedians, so we're just going to bring Gus. <laughs> I think we're understanding how great to be this scene is. I just like Honestly, like if you're going to watch any part of this movie, just watch this scene. It's like my, it's, besides the like the beginning and the end of her, like, I love those scenes, but this scene in the movie is maybe my favorite. I love how Jimmy Chrome, like, I assumed that by making uh, Marty spin around over and over again, he was like onto them, that they had, that the arm was gone, but in actuality, he just wanted him to keep spinning around. <laughs> I think it was a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a feeling, but it wasn't like something that manifested. It manifested in him asking to spin. Mm-hmm. He was like, he felt like the nerves. He was like, hey, just, I'll feel better if you just if you just spin. Mm-hmm. Then I know the act is, is really what we think it is. <laughs> um, but that's my favorite scene. Like, just all the subtleties like of the phone call before revealing that they just want Gus. You know, and just like Gus is always trying to overtalk. He's like, yeah, shush, shush, shush. yeah, I'm on hold. <laughs> so, I don't know. I love this scene. It's so it's so intense and funny and quirky and, um, but it ends with they still need to fill the spot in the Tonight Show, but they'll take the accordion player. Mm-hmm. So Gus and Jimmy go off to Hollywood, and, and Gus is like, "Yes, I'm going to Hollywood." Oh, uh, even though before Marty was like, "I can't do it without Gus." Gus is like, "I don't need Marty." Fuck doesn't, it. Doesn't even think about Marty. Yeah. Um, and then Marty's kind of like, "Oh, what am I going? What am I going to do?" And Jimmy's like, "Uh." Just uh, the two-hour wonder comic sounds good too. Anyway, see, we'll see you soon. And they leave to go to Hollywood. 
Jimmy's depressed. He goes to try to Marty. find Marty. Whatever. <laughs> try to find Rosarita at the old that old diner she worked at. She doesn't work there anymore. He's got nothing. So we get to the final scene of the movie. He goes back onto Sid's comedy club stage. He's not really sweaty anymore. He's just like depressed and sad. So he just starts like doing a new set, making fun of his arm. So he's he, not even making fun of his even, arm. He just he starts, just starts telling the truth. He just starts talking about his life. He's just like, yeah, so until about a week ago, I had a an arm coming out of my back. And people are just like... And he starts like, okay, this might work. So he starts just talking about it. And they, they think it's funny. And then um, he's getting laughs. Talking about his arm. And it kind of fades out. And that's and the end of the that's movie. That's the end of the movie. Okay, so the, that last 30 seconds actually almost turned me around well, on the well movie. That was well done, though, right? It was, it was well done. It and was it, heartfelt, it, even if you didn't think the movie was. It really... Uh, I I know, I, like, I do feel like... Just, and maybe in that part, like, the movie was trying to say something, but because I, I sort of relate to it, because, like, when I write stuff or I'm trying to, like, create something, like, artistic... Like, sometimes, you know, you try to force it, and it doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. But then, like, maybe, like, some bad stuff happens, and it just sort of, like, puts you in a certain zone or a certain mood, and, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, just, like, stuff just, like, starts flowing out. But you can't, you can't get there some, like, it's weird. It's, like, a contradiction, because, like, you can't try to be a certain way and then like have this authenticity come out like uh-huh. it has to like sort of come out naturally mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to explain no i know what you, i know what you mean like yeah you know, you're trying to like you're trying to say something real something honest and by trying to do it it doesn't work because you're trying to be that way but then like usually something negative happens and then you're just like fuck and then like you end up saying something actually real yeah yeah, which is that last scene in the movie, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And then he, and then he starts to like understand, uh, understand kinda, his art. The light bulb turns on, it mm-hmm. clicks, and he's like, oh. And then he just starts getting he gets more comfortable on stage. Starts like keeps, keeps it going, and it's and it's it, a hard film it sort of leaves you with the message of uh, you know, you don't you don't do your art to become famous and part of hollywood well, you, you like do your said, art he, wasn't really, to, he didn't really want that necessarily for the sake of doing your art he wanted to be funny he wanted to right and he and the whole movie he's just like oh, he, he was like the one that was like i don't know like is this funny and the guy's always like no it's hilarious like he didn't care he didn't care if it was funny he wanted he just wanted to him to be funny so he could he wanted marty to be funny so he could ride his coattails right he was never honest about it he was like yeah it's great mm-hmm. so like you know marty's just like okay well okay i'll believe you even though no, everyone else vibes were just like, yeah, no, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he kind of got it at the end. That's yeah. Good. So, so taglines or themes for well, this I movie? I think the theme is, is pretty blatant. Just kind of about like success and art and. Um, can you can you wrap that up into a nice little bow and package though? Can you like simply state the theme for us? Yeah, the theme. I would say is that um, honesty in art is king. That's terrible, but that's what came out. <laughs> that's what came out. <laughs> and you know what? It was honest. 
You try. <laughs> I don't know if I have a particular theme. I feel like this movie just loved getting down and dirty in the muck and mire. And I I mean, mostly I feel like the movie was just trying to be weird and do things that, yeah, just for the sake of it. Which I don't really, I don't like when people just do things for the sake of doing it. And yeah, I feel true. like its general outlook on the world is that, like, most people are pieces of shit. Uh, it is. Which I don't agree with, but it was interesting. The world I, building I, is very I, interesting. I see and understand the philosophy, mm-hmm. but I don't... I don't agree with it either. I don't like the idea of, like embracing the idea in the concept i don't i don't i don't jive with that i don't know i guess for me it's weird because that's not my philosophy and how i go about life Mm -hmm. but i think in art i'm definitely like drawn to more like darker darker things those always tend to be like my favorite stuff i'm drawn to darker stuff but i feel like this movie is just doing it to be dark I don't gotcha. feel like it just naturally came there. I don't. I don't. I feel like this movie, uh, like, isn't coming. You, you know, like at the end when Marty like just sort of naturally is like, oh, these are the jokes. This is how you perform. You know that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like this movie is more Marty at the beginning of the movie as opposed to the Marty yeah. at the end of. The you don't movie. think it's authentic? No. Which is funny because um, the writer-director says that he's made a lot of weird movies, mm-hmm. but this is his first one and his sentimental favorite because he says that after this, he couldn't help but be influenced by outside forces when making anything else. He said this movie was the only one that he just kind of wrote from his heart, he said. Hmm. So it's kind of weird that it feels not authentic, but to him, it's his most authentic <laughs> thing he's ever done. But I agree with you, it doesn't come across as... But like, I don't necessarily hate it because of that like how you're like i I don't like it because it doesn't seem authentic Mm -hmm. to me like i mean like i don't i wouldn't say it's like the greatest there are parts that drag i mean just like i guess i like how weird it is even if it was like you said trying to be um i just see i just saw things i haven't really seen in movies and i just some some of the weird stuff just like i love some of the moments i love so I guess my tagline for this movie would be uh, the dark backward. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be the dark backward. Kill yourself. Because I feel like generally with this drop men- dead with the mentality that dark this- backward drop dead drop they dead. They say that a few times in the movie. Do they? Dead. Yeah. I didn't even know the this. the agent says that to Gus, and then when they get kicked out of that one club, the like the Texas club, he's like drop dead. Because I-, I feel it's like- a real burn in this world. I feel like uh, with the mentality that this movie has, if, you, if you're going to have this mentality about life, may as well just fucking kill yourself. <laughs> may as well. Yeah. What, what it, like, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, like the last 30 seconds, I'm like, mm, okay. Yeah. But the rest of the movie is just so full of its own shit. That I, it's hard for me to get behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, like, I mean, even with that last 30 seconds, it's totally about this just fucking sad writer mm-hmm. who just, like, wants to, like, oh, everything's so dark and terrible, but, you know, you got to get through that to figure out your process. Fuck you. I don't like this guy. Fuck, you know? 
I do I know like that he either. made one, uh, the director. I don't yeah. know, is the director also the writer? He, yeah. Yeah. Um, he did make Detroit Rock City, mm-hmm. and I do like that movie. There you go. But, uh, man, not so much with this one. I mean, there there are things about it I appreciate. You like and Detroit I like, Rock City. I love Bill Paxton. No, I like Detroit Rock City for the whole, the whole, the whole thing. thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, I wouldn't so say... I guess we may as well, unless you got something for themes and we could jump into prescribing or we can jump into okay so i would euthanize it mm-hmm. a power of film first another <laughs> i haven't killed a movie before which one but did i fucking kill which it what did i kill I you've one. killed a couple i killed a couple yeah hmm. i don't remember off the top of my dome. i pulled the plug on a few <laughs> but it's funny uh, i think pull- you killed dr otto oh yeah i did kill that one I think that, actually that might be the only one you killed was Doctor yeah. Otto. It's funny because both these movies are weird as shit. What Doctor Otto in this one? Yeah, it's funny that I like Doctor like Otto. Otto and I like this one. Yeah, but Doctor Otto doesn't have this outlook on life that like. No, I know. But I, I like. I feel like the outlook of this movie is like we're all disgusting. Why bother? Maybe. Definitely, we're all disgusting. I don't know about why bother. It, I mean, it really comes off to me as, like, why bother with anything, this movie? Which makes me wonder, why bother making the movie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Um, I would prescribe this movie. Because mm-hmm. I think even if you have Brett's experience where you don't like it, I think it's not a movie you really see. It's not, I've never seen a movie like it. Um, and there are moments I love. Uh, there are moments that drag. Um, a lot of people, I think, don't like it, but I do like it. It's not like my favorite movie, but I do love certain moments. Mm-hmm. So I'd prescribe it. And then, like, never watch it again. Just watch it once. That's all you need. I mean, I've only seen it twice. I saw it a few years ago, and I saw it now. Um, I would watch it again, but it would probably have to be, like, from 10 years from now. <laughs> like, I'm not like, it's not like I'm like, yes, let's watch it again. Or if I did rewatch it soon, I would just watch, like, the parts I loved. I kind of skipped through. But I'd prescribe it. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I just want to be a little more specific. Or if you're going to watch anything, watch specifically. Just like It could be like a short film to me mm-hmm. where they come in after his arm's gone. I just love that whole scene. And honestly, I love it. Um, I just want to be a little more specific. I don't find any like the images outside of the part where he looks the woman's dead body. Or to be like particularly disturbing. I don't. That's I like this. I kind of like the style of the movie. Yeah. No. The part where he's looking the that, dead body. They is do really a great job of atmosphere in the movie. Um, like the way it looks. Like it's not about like the way it looks. It looks or like even how it feels. Universe. I just. I just feel like at its core, this movie just mm. like this movie wants to kill itself almost. <laughs> like this movie is like depression. The movie. <laughs> Um, I never, get, I never got really depressed watching it. I never get that like I, I never see it as dark. It's called the dark backward. Mm-hmm. I just, I see it as like very awkward and sat, satirical. Or I keep saying that. satire. <laughs> it's satire. Um, so I don't see like all like the, the dark messages you're seeing and taking seriously. I just don't take seriously. Mm-hmm. That's my experience with it though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the dark backward. I'm just saying at its core. <laughs> I'm just saying at its core, like, the movie is, like... I don't agree. I don't agree. 
Yeah. I think it's sat- I think it's not taking itself that I think it's just it's got the it's got those themes and undertones, well, whether, but it's not it's not super serious. Well, like, but that's part of it. Is like I don't think it's seriously like kill yourself. Part, part of it, disgusting. part of it, part of it is that it's not taking itself seriously. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Like, like I've had this mentality about life that this movie like pers- ascribes to before. So but it I just think home it's a, for you in a bad way. Yeah, but I'm just—it's just such a worthless mentality to have. Oh, it is. Maybe if I watched this, uh, literally, if I watched this movie like maybe a month ago, I would have been like, "Oh yeah, I kind of liked it." But like, you're, right, you're it, kind of feeling a funk right now. So right in the particular you. headspace I'm in right now, I'm very like, "Let's push it forward," sort of I, thing. No, I know what you, I know what you mean. Like, if, <clears throat> if you're if you're like in a bad funk or tone, like sometimes I'm like, I just want to watch like a fun comedy or like a light movie. Because if I watch something too serious or dark, it's just going to hit me in a bad way. So I get it. Yeah, but it didn't make me feel bad. It just made me feel more like this is a stupid... This is like an unproductive movie, is what I'm saying. Mm. There's nothing... It just... It's just like... It's it's like putting... it. It's, it's just putting out into the world like, you know... More shit. Fuck it. <laughs> like, it's basically having the mentality of, like, the dude who wrote it, like, has taken in, like, all the forces of society throughout his whole life, and he's sort of seen them for a lot of the disgusting aspects that they have. Uh-huh. And then instead of, like, having the attitude of, like, I can... I can change that or I rise can make it better. It. I can mm-hmm. rise above it. He's just sort of like, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck you. Fuck everything. I don't really get we're that. In, we're in the death throes of the civilization. I don't I don't get that vibe. Let's all go down. Like, I see, I see, definitely see how the movie's like. And, and while we go down, I may as well have some fun and like tell some jokes. Like, that's. I, that's how I feel this movie. Well, I definitely feel like the whole, the whole disgusting part of society is in this movie. But I just don't get the feeling of like, well, fuck it, life's meaningless or whatever. It just seems like, ah, oh, this is just something to make. No. Well, Again, like, I didn't how, take it that seriously. How is this movie like being productive though? Or how how is it? What, what like, do you mean like it has it has it has this mentality about the world, but then how is it? How is it like? refuting that it's satire okay when you say so like how does that what do you mean by satire though <laughs> what do you mean by productive just like because i mean i know i know you're very heavy on theme and like that's like your thing i don't even think that this movie was like shooting for a particular theme though it was just like holding up a mirror man I never thought of it. Or as like, just I didn't like, think it, I didn't think it was taking itself so seriously that it's saying like, yeah, this is what society. This is what society. All right. Is. Well, then, then at best, it's like it's just, not like that art installation then, with like a mirror that's like but then society at, question. But then at best, it's just jerking its own self off. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Jerking yourself off is fun. <laughs> I think it's, it's a good I think time. It, it releases I think endorphins. It, I think it's it, good. I think it jerks itself off in a very unhealthy way. <laughs> Maybe, but I enjoyed part of it. Even when you jerk yourself off in an unhealthy way, there's still that rush of endorphins. It's like jerking off to an ex-girlfriend. 
it, it's it's not productive. It's not productive. It's not. Uh, what it's I'm not saying good, is, it's not good long term. But is, I think there's the short term where it could be therapeutic. If you keep doing it, it's gonna. It's not gonna help you long term. But there might be like that. Like, you know what? Let me just get it out. I'll feel terrible, and then I realize, hey, I shouldn't do that anymore. You know what I mean? I guess there could be a therapy there, short term. Mm-hmm. I, you know, now that you say it like that, I guess I see a little. Sometimes you got a to, little of the good about sometimes it. Sometimes you have to. I think how life. I think everything in life is a spectrum. And I think sometimes when you get frustrated with one end of something, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to like have yourself see the other side of the spectrum to like find a good balance. Like uh, watching Bill and Ted and then watching this movie. Well, I mean, I'm, I don't talk about that specifically, but yeah. I mean, like if you, if you, if you're one, if you can be too much in either end of the spectrum of anything. Mm-hmm. So if you're too much in one end and then you get frustrated or you have bad experience that, Sometimes you your instinct reaction might be to go to the opposite. It's like when like a so really, you're saying, say like there's like a really religious girl, mm-hmm. and then she um goes, she goes to college and she's been sheltered her life, and she goes crazy and parties way too much. And everyone's like, whoa, calm down. <laughs> she, she had to go to the opposite of the spectrum. Be like, okay, now I got to balance myself out. I mean, she could go too far and fuck up her life, but mm-hmm. I just think sometimes people have to like they're like, oh, I got to push too much this way. I got to go the opposite way, and they're like, okay, no, that's bad too. Now I find a good balance. In the middle. So what you're saying is this movie is on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little bit on the spectrum. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, so this is the most polarizing movie I think that we've had between us. Yeah. Well when you Again, make... I'm not like in love with it. I'm not like this movie's amazing. I'm just I I, don't I, g- I guess says... you make a good point that it can be momentarily therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Again, but it's said, not something. I don't you think if it, you saw it, in it like a month before, it might be a bit of a different experience. Maybe, it's it's definitely not a feeling that I think one should hold on to. Definitely not. Yeah. And I don't. Really, it doesn't really um, make me feel that way. Like that were last on to me. So like to me, it's not as big of a deal. But I guess if it lasts on. Oh yeah, I'd be like, fuck this movie, mm-hmm. fuck this movie. <laughs> I've had movies like that, like where I've experienced them, like this. It makes me feel bad. And I don't like it, and I don't like it. I don't like how I feel. Bad. What movie? I can't think of off the top of my head, but I know. Okay. I've felt that way. Um. But ones that kind of leave, I think movies that leave without any hope. That kind of just end on very just like well, that kind of kind of feeling your time where just like well, fuck, why why bother with anything? Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Something like that where you feel that way. Of course, you're just like well, fuck this thing. That's awful. Mm-hmm. You know, because even if you have a bittersweet ending, like, there's some sort of hope or, you know, something to move forward to. That's, I think, what people want. Every person wants them mm-hmm. in their stories and entertainment. Yeah. 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 I think we should, I think it. we should end it with a joke. Guess that's it. Um, so, me... A, and a Chinaman and a priest and a Russian are waiting for a taxi cab, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're all trying to hail a cab. Anyways, while we're arguing over this cab, an old lady gets into the cab and drives off. Which just goes to show you, nobody can get a cab in this town. Ugh. I think I need a shower.
I'm sorry if it was a rough watch, boys. I liked it. You would. Listen, boys. I've learned the hard way that movies are not meant to just be ingested and moved on from without thought. If you don't think about them, they just imprint on you. You grow up to be a 30-year-old man with a collectible DeLorean toy car displayed in your home as some cultural artifact. Now, I'm not saying that every movie is important, quite the opposite. But we live in a society that is entirely consumed by entertainment, and when you live in a society such as this, it is imperative that you think about what your brain consumes. Otherwise, you're just branding contained inside a human husk. You're just another time waster. <sighs> don't let the happy movies fool you. And don't let the dark movies get you too far down. They aren't real. Don't take them so seriously. Understand? Yes, Q. <laughs> Bill Paxton, right, guys? Jesus Christ. Away <laughs> <laughs> the crusty and nasty bits in the brownie pan after you've had your oh-so-sweet brownies. You're watching the dark backward. Find a seat in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a little more demanding. Get your asses in the fucking seats. Watch the dark backward, bitch. <laughs>